Welcome back to Geek Life, the indie comics podcast on Pandamanga.com. I'm your host, JP. As always with me are my fearless co-hosts, Joe. Hello. And Marcus. I like long walks on the beach, the smell of gasoline, and this morning I farted for 74 seconds. You timed it? You timed it? You timed it? Straight. Did you record it? Yeah. Sweet. Look for the show notes, people. I've been really dirty today. Like, all my jokes have been so far just really, really filthy. Super dirty. It is hot in here. And maybe that's what it is. I'm hot. Mm, I'm hot for recording. Marcus did have his shirt off when we came into the store today. He did. It was amazing. (laughs) Visualize that, suckers. What's up, guys? (laughs) I sell comics. I don't work at the comic book shop, but I just like standing behind the counters that I feel like I do. (laughs) I I do, too. (laughs) It's kind of awesome. So today, the comic we're talking about is Under the Flesh, Desolation Day. Created and written by G. Deltris, illustrated and lettered by J.L. Giles. There is a certain mystery now that I have to th- I, I'm so curious what their first names are. <laughs> I think no one's allowed to know. Somewhere on Patreon it says what uh, Deltris' first name is, but uh, I couldn't find anywhere that was J.L. Giles. But I'm sure it's somewhere, you know, it's probably on his Twitter, which is how he got a hold of me, but, you know, Twitter is, is like a mad rush of information. It's hard to remember everything. Yeesh. Anyway, so if you'd like to read along, you can read this comic at undertheflesh.com. An unknown pathogen, which only infects males, is unleashed upon the earth. Global military powers are wiped out. Governments crippled. Societies demolished. Hope viciously fades. How does something viciously fade? I want to know that right now. It goes like this. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) What you can't see is that he actually put his arms up in the air. And they shook a little. And then shook him a little bit and slowly lowered them as he (laughs) faded. So uh, there's the a best of, way to describe something. I was trying on a to do the, the audio. Uh, yeah, we got the audio <laughs> part, but I just wanted them to experience the entire thing like okay. I'm experienced because it was magical, really. All right. So our story takes place about two months after Desolation Day. Jazz fingers too. Jazz fingers. Yeah. Vicious jazz fingers. Yes. That is that's your that's your that's your gamer tag, right? Vicious. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Our story takes place two months after Desolation Day. Desolation Day essentially being Z Day. The main character, Ruben Lobos. He's involved in a special, like, super soldier kind of program mm-hmm. where he has nanobots that are injected into him. Uh, it is called the BOT, or B-O-T, program, which stands for Biologically Optimized Transhuman. Uh, this is supposed to help you battle viruses, boost your physical strength, and endurance, and enhance cognition. This is pretty much super soldier serum, but yeah, with nanotechnology. Like mm-hmm. So we got, in my head, I'm thinking it's Captain America against... The zombies. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, kind of. Sort of. Yeah. In, in the world of Why the Last Man. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what Giles said, which is who I was able to get a hold of, and he hooked me up with the book, or hooked us up with the book, what he was saying is that it's kind of like... Not just for you, JP. I know. It's okay. for all of us. You he was saying that it's, a, it's, it's sort of like Walking Dead, Why the Last Man, and, and what was it, Crossed, Smash Up sort of thing. Hmm. What are you saying? Anyway, I'm not really familiar with Crossed, though, so... I don't think I am either. Hmm. We need to learn I, don't think I don't think they're actually dead and crossed. I think they're just like scarred and mad, like crazy. Mm. Mm. So why don't we go ahead and start with talking a little bit about the story and the writing. So what were your guys' thoughts? The story was kind of... Mm, it's kind of rough. Yeah. I'll say. This is one of those cases where I feel like... We, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the past. Mm-hmm. If you have great art, but... A not so successful story, it might not carry the story. But if you have yeah. a great story and like and, awful art, yeah. it can still work. I mean, look at like Happiness and Cyanide, or is it Cyanide, cyanide and, and Happiness? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, or XKCD. It's stick figures, but exactly. Yeah. If you got the story there to back it up, it works. Yeah, but 
there's something that I always see with indie comics. If you're not writing something you know, like, really well that you're not totally versed in, like, he's writing a lot about military culture, a lot about biker culture, and it really shows that he does not know either. Mm. Like, because the characters... I, I know a lot of ex-military guys. They're not meatheads who scream at people all the time. They're actually pretty down-to-earth dudes. And I, know, I actually know a few bikers. And they're not, you know, vicious, tongue-wagging, raping morons. Well, to be fair, those guys are sort of the antagonists, and they have to serve a purpose. So I can understand him ramping up or dialing up the, the crazy. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, you're showing a stereotype without really giving it cause to be so ramped up mm. because the setting was so mild. They're in a library and nothing is happening until these guys show up. Why they're freaking out and cussing and shooting things at random. It, it, really? I think this book depends a lot on assuming that the reader is already pretty familiar with post-apocalyptic media and literature mm-hmm. and post, especially zombie media and literature that there's, Kind of the quick, like, there was a zombie outbreak. Okay, now here's a bunch of people hiding in the library. Mm-hmm. You know, and you kind of, it sort of assumes that you know, like, what the world is like out there. And yeah. that there's going to be raiders and people that are acting crazy and looting. And then there's going to be zombies and, mm-hmm. you know, little groups of survivors hiding places and hunker down. And, and yeah. that's that sort of normal expected scenario for that type of story. Yeah, like, there's not a lot of explanation of those things here. It's there's It seems a little bit more of an assumption of like, yeah, you know, it's a zombie story. You know, yeah. it's this kind, you know those sort of trappings are going to be there. Now let's tell my story that happens within that universe. Yeah. But when it's like two weeks in, I think. Two months. Two months? Yeah, I don't think the raiders are going to be totally organized and be going on their raids now. Well, it's not a raiders. It's it, these know, guys. They're... It sounds like these guys were kind of this way before mm-hmm. things got changed up a little bit. You know, the... Like all bikers are, Joe. Like, exactly. Yeah, like all the bikers Well, no, are. the, the mm-hmm. one of our, you know, our main characters talking to a police officer that's in there, a woman police officer who sort of before he got there was really in charge of that Naomi. Group, Naomi. And it seems like he and Naomi kind of co-run the group now. Yeah. Anyway, so he's talking to, Na- to Naomi and saying, like, hey, do you guys, rec- do you recognize these guys? Mm-hmm. And she says, no, I don't recognize this particular biker group, mm-hmm. but I, because uh, they're not local, but I have heard about them through my dealings with our local biker group. Yeah. And that these guys are known to basically travel around nomadically and hunt down other biker guys as sport. That was so a lot of, of information for not knowing anything about these guys, though. True. Which is another thing. He's getting really dangerous stereotypes here. Like the meathead military officer who's screaming orders and wants to jump into action. The bikers who are literally completely sociopathic. Mm-hmm. And the lady cop who's not as tough, but she's street smart. Uh, these are, he's pulling and like the incredibly angry, jealous girlfriend, angry, jealous, crazy girlfriend who the, like run- the yeah. oversexualized, like 16 year old girl. Uh huh. And, and the two lesbians playing an acoustic guitar and cutting their hair short. Yeah. It's getting really dangerously stereotypical. Like sure, I said, sure. to the point where you're going to start alienating readers who have any sort of traits of any of these characters. Military people who love zombie comics for whatever reason. Like every military guy I've known loves zombie comics. Weird, weird coincidence. I don't know. I do puzzles all the time and I love taking charge. So, I mean, that right there, I, I feel alienated. Oh, yeah. 
There's a scene in the comic book where the guy's doing a puzzle and he's the geek. He's the stereotypical mm-hmm. geek. Yeah, but he's kind of an anti-social... He's the library I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm going to wait until you're all dead and then I'm going to be just fine by myself again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean, the first, the first, like, almost over half of the book is basically our main character, Lobos, is running through the library, slowly sort of rousing the troops to deal with this impending potential group of guys that are going to come in and try and take over their library. And this all starts with, you know, he and the police officer up top looking out the window, surveying things, and they see the biker guys come up and they're like, oh, this could be trouble. And so Lobos goes down and is talking to people and sort of rallying everybody down to their main area so they can figure out what to do about this. And that makes sense. But it literally takes like five, six pages for that to happen. He has a little interaction with every single person. And sometimes the people are talking to each other beforehand and like working his way down. He's talking to this one lady who's reading in the Bible and the Quran, and he, they like get into this religious shouting match. Oh yeah! And then he's like, "Shut up, we gotta meet!" And then walks away, you know. And then there, then was, there was another great stereotype: the Muslim gal who's nose down in in her biblical text, trying to figure out the religious implications of the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. And it just it felt like there was so much pacing trouble that they're up there, they see a danger in the window, and they're like, "Oh no!" It seems like a page later they should be all be talking. Not like, let's take the time now when we're under pressure and potentially in danger to stop and spend half of the first issue introducing everybody, mm-hmm. you know, because, the, you know, the, the story, the viewer sees a little bit of interaction between each of the characters or some, sometimes between the, the characters before Lobos comes in to catch them. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> it just felt like it took forever for them to get to the, okay, we're all together. How do we deal with this? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not, that's not even to mention the fact that the first five pages, there's no dialogue. I mean, there's him talking to someone on the yeah, radio briefly, sort of stuff. but yeah. it's just, it's, it's him summing up what's yeah. happening with just, it's a big fat recap in the Lobos. beginning, which I don't know if that's, I don't think that's the worst thing in the universe. No. I, I was, was waiting for something to happen to be totally honest. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so when they finally introduced the police officer, yeah, Naomi. Naomi, I thought that it was going to start and yeah, then it's own. he went and he assembled the team, which was like his way of introducing everyone individually. Yeah. And I, I get that. That's a kind of a fun way to introduce everybody, but that mm-hmm. feels more like an appropriate way to introduce everybody in like a video game where time mm-hmm. isn't really of the essence. But if you're looking at trying to get Cap- people interested yeah. in your story and then curious what happens next enough to want to buy your next issue in 22 to 26 pages, like mm-hmm. this is not the time to stop and have a little interaction with every single person. Yeah. It was kind of non-committal in the pacing of it, like yeah. you were saying, pacing problem. I've seen professional comics, team comics, yeah, what was the most recent one? The new, all-new X Factor. They're introducing one more member of the team in every book, and it is incredibly slow-paced, but they're intrus- introducing them all in these great big sequences. Like, mm. there's... A, you get all their backstory and part of the main story. You get action. So you and get a drama. chance to get to know them a little bit and mm-hmm. maybe start to care about them a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like we spend enough time to have a pretty good grasp on each of the characters when they have a scene where they're all standing together. Like I can recognize this person and I have some a little bit of knowledge and assumptions and maybe some ideas about what they're going to be about, but not enough in addition to that information to really care about them. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I've got this group of people that I have a little bit of information about. And a lot of that information tells me that they're all very stereotypical type people and none of them are really very likable. 
really. Mm-hmm. And then the comic is over pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like, what? Like it just, it yeah, felt shit like it goes down for like three pages and then well, all of the action is outside. All of yeah. the action is, I mean, they don't even interact with the biker gang in the entire first issue. The biker gang's outside and they have their own crazy shit happen. And then that's it. That's the entire first issue. Like there, we get a little backstory. We get to meet everybody in the sort of lo- long trudge through the library library mm-hmm. with Lobos. And then they chat a little bit and then argue a little bit. And then the bikers drive away. <laughs> and that's the first issue. It's kind of like, what? I mean, and it leaves with kind of like an oh shit moment. Yeah. And so that's fine. But it felt, I don't mean to be mean, but it felt kind of like a cheap oh shit moment. Yeah. Sort of like, why in the world is this character doing that? Like this character... Essentially, one of the characters just runs out the front door and takes off. And it's kind of like, what? Yeah. I mean, yes, this character was billed already to be kind of a shithead. Yeah. And, but it's just like, you know, just because they're angry at the other people there doesn't mean they're going to run out into the parking lot where they just saw somebody's, like, guts get ripped open, like, 30 yeah. seconds ago. Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. And this character, the character that runs away, that we're supposed to go, oh, no, they're running away. What happens to them? Yeah, we're already, This character's like, kind uh, of a bitch. Kind of good. He's okay. just kind of an asshole, you know? Yeah. There's no redeeming factor with her. It's not like, oh, we've gotten to know this person, and then they have this character flaw no. that makes them more interesting and causes drama and maybe limits or complicates their actions that's available to them. But... It, we don't even get that far. It's just like, this person's a complete bitch and she's running away now. It's like, mm. okay, <laughs> you know, like I, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't feel motivated to know what happens next, which is too bad. Yeah. But you know, what's interesting. I was just thinking about it. The way he introduced the biker gang, that was actually a good introduction. That's what I'm saying. Like what happened with the biker gang was interesting. The way they introduced them, the action that happens yeah. outside. It's you like got a, to know uh, actually a lot of their personalities without having through to, action. Yeah. Through Not action. through exposition. Yeah. You didn't have to give a long litany of, oh, this is such and such. I and now we're going to have a conversation about religion to drive home the idea that this person feels this way and I feel that way. And mm-hmm. No, the biker gang, I mean, that's the thing that's so weird about this is that it, it's like this weird <laughs> duality of the comic where the whole biker gang sequence that's is actually the, really interesting. That's where all the meat was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I don't know. It's very strange. It's a very strange comic to come away from because... You know, and we'll get into the art, which I which I mostly really liked a lot, and I thought mm-hmm. it was really strong. But you know, it's it's kind of like I don't know. I mean, it feels like like we were saying at the beginning, Joe. It feels like one of those comics that has really excellent art and a story that's just not there yet. Yeah. You know, and it's not that the idea, the basic premise and plan and outline of the story is no good. It's more that the way that it's presented, kind mm-hmm. of the, the the real sort of nitty gritty of like from scene to scene, interactions, dialogue, transitions, pacing doesn't really feel like it supports the story as a whole you know what i mean yeah i sort of feel like the plot of it it feels a little thrown together i don't understand why he's a super soldier like that to me that yeah why is he a super soldier and then immediately we end up with him just like in a normal survivor situation Mm -hmm. and then he's like i need to go save things i have to test my abilities and when he was talking about that early on he's like i never got a chance to test my abilities i don't know what i'm capable of Mm -hmm. i'm thinking to myself oh this is gonna be cool and awesome he's gonna be blowing shit up and jumping on buildings and ripping zombies in half Mm. and you know that sounds like a cool idea but basically all that happens is he's like let's go bust some heads and then like all of the women inside are like no don't do that which is another sort of obnoxious stereotype Mm. where it's like the guys like the meathead I want to do damage and the women are like no that's be nice it's just kind of like (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like I mean there's a sense of you know women what an annoyance you know what I mean? A little bit, especially with Lobos. Yeah. Where he's, I mean, there's even a line, and I'll pull it up here. 
This is Lobos' sort of internal monologue. How am I supposed to test my abilities when I'm smothered like a child by an overprotective Esther, which is, I guess, one of the character's names, right? Mm. You know, last thing I need to do right now is get pissed and burst arteries. It's like, there's just a sense of like, I'm a big tough man and all these women are slowing me down. I just want to cause some trouble. Yeah. So yeah. when I was talking about the, the plot line, this is getting really negative. Together. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it kind of is. Well, there's, there's problems with it, you know, like yeah. the thrown together bit. It seems like it's like it's literally three different comics. He was just like, I like the fact that in Why the Last Man, all the men died. I'm going to throw that in there. I liked the zombie apocalypse situation, of which there's thousands of comics out there that are the zombie situation. Throw that in there. Like, also, he want, I want him to be a super soldier. Throw that in there. And it's kind of like it felt like it was too much mm-hmm. that, that then wasn't utilized. Yeah. Um, what like was If there was a good action sequence of instead of this long introduction and basically that little description... So I ran all the way to such and such and grabbed my girlfriend and got her to the library. If there was yeah, a little bit of that peppered into a big action sequence of him hacking through the zombies to get back to her. And all at the same time, discovering what his abilities are, reaching his limits, pushing or, himself and maybe getting into trouble, thinking he's capable of more yeah, than he is. Hell, even scratching the surface of his abilities to yeah. kind of illustrate that they're there. Like, but, that, to me, sounds like one of the most interesting ideas in this entire thing, is that you're in a situation where a super soldier can go freaking crazy. It's the zombie apocalypse. And he has the ability to basically not be infected by the virus, I assume, mm-hmm. because he's talking about the nanobots are supposed to fight infection, right? Yeah. So, essentially, he's going to be like a super soldier zombie killing machine, but at the same time, he has no idea what he's actually capable of. To me, it sounds kind of like... That is one of the way most interesting pieces of this entire story. Like, what is he capable of? What can he do? Mm-hmm. He's in a playground to be able to go out there and try it out. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have to be careful. He doesn't have to be under orders. He doesn't have to worry about human casualties. He can just go out there and just rip zombies in half and stuff. Like, that's yeah. what I want to see. I want to see him explore that. Yeah. And I also want to see him try and take it too far and get in trouble. Like, I think that there's lots of opportunity, not just meathead violence, mm-hmm. but there's opportunity for real actual drama, trouble, problems, interests. There could be issues with maybe the other survivors that he's around getting afraid of him because he's such a terrifying, powerful creature. Are you human? What's wrong with you? What's going on? Yeah, because maybe they he goes into like a blind berserker rage. Yeah, they that don't freaks know about out. his superpowers. Yet. I could see a I could see a sequence here where he like he goes over there and just starts ripping dudes in half and sees red and goes crazy and like saves them from a scary situation. But then they basically ask him to leave because they're afraid of him. Like oh, yeah, there's, lo- sure. there's lots of rich literary yeah. territory in the premise here. Yeah. There is so damn much potential. Like you said, kid in a candy store, as far as gratuitous as, violence right, right? goes, it has perfect, envi- perfect environment to, for him to explore his abilities. Yeah. It has a lot of, like almost the opposite effect of Why the Last Man, where they're all searching for men, and in this one they have found him, and they're terrified of what he's capable of, so they have to get rid of him. Right. Yeah, it's got a lot of potential. For a second, I just want to um, mention to you guys, I'm not sure if you know this or not, but this is the third indie comic that we've reviewed lately that's had um, nanobots. This third? one, Hybrid Earth and Phantom Hawk are all nanobots. Oh, Phantom Hawk had nanobots oh, huh. too, right, right. I, that's just like a side note. Like, that's by the funny. way, yeah. So, like, people just like nanobots. Yeah, throw that word in there too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, on the note of, of the males all turning into zombies, it's you know, there's a huge story out there with the writer. I mean, Branky Vaughn's a huge writer. You know, he's he's known. They're, they were talking about making a movie of that storyline 
at one point in time. I'm not sure if they're still doing it, but that's a that's a pretty big story in the comic book this world. Is why? Yeah, why yeah. the last man? So to and take the idea that all the all the men turn into zombies only, I felt like I really hope that the only reason why he did why they did that wasn't so that he could have zombie rape. Because oh, you remember when we talked about uh, the comic where the girl uh, is like alone out by herself? He's, out? Al- he's already shown the little zombie rape in the beginning. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but do you remember the comic that we read where the girl is by herself out in the wasteland after the nuclear, after the news go off? Sure. And how I felt about rape at that point, and yeah. how I, t- I told the oh, author, like, listen, and apocalypse. Thank you. Right. How I said you can write that stuff into your comic. You know, your comic is going to be your expression, but you will immediately lose some of your reading audience when you start including rape. Me. Among which is Marcus. Yeah, when yeah. I got yeah, to that page, <laughs> when I got to the page where he actually shows one zombie laying down on top of a woman and she's screaming and mm-hmm. he says like the line something like, off. yeah, the line something like, they, you know, they, they taste the flesh of women in, in another way or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and he's groaning. Like, um, nasty. Had I not been reviewing this comic, honestly, I, I would have stopped. I would have laughed yeah. out loud and be like, okay, there's zombie rape here. And I would have put the comic down. Yeah. I would have been done with it. Another thing is that it wasn't played up in anywhere else but that one tiny frame where they're showing a zombie rape somebody and so unless you're planning on having a zombie rape centered story somewhere in the future i really don't see the point of having that in there at all mm-hmm. it's it seems like it's just it's like 80s movies and how there's always got to be boobs even if it doesn't really matter and there's yeah. no real reason it's kind of like for no real reason zombie rape yeah. now moving on with the story it's kind of like i think what? he was trying to allude to something with the uh the zombie that was like latched to the uh the hood of the car like they're using it as a detector like they're hunting people because oh. they're it, like smells women i guess yeah i don't know it, uh, I that's like that's that's like that's like a boy and his dog where the dog has like the woman radar and it goes he's like women are this way man did they did also i didn't catch in the comic did they determine which men are turned into zombies or how they start turning into zombies in the first place they're just it, only it seems like there. it's being transmitted like a normal zombie bite thing now, but, you know, because otherwise the biker guys, several of which are men, most of which are men, probably wouldn't be anywhere near as close to something that was like an airborne virus. They, they mm. strapped a zombie to the front of the hood of their van. If it was an airborne virus, I don't know, because no his like scientists that was working on him, all of a sudden zombie. That's true. Yeah, it's not it's not real clear. Yeah. I don't know. There, I, don't know. There, I mean, it just seems it seems to me kind of like the whole, you know, all only, you know, the Why the Last Man connection. That gets a really interesting story, but it's one that's been very well done yeah. already. You really have to bring something wildly new and interesting to the table to really tread on that well-worn ground. I think the I'm a super soldier in the zombie apocalypse and, you know, my creators died before I had a chance to figure out what I'm capable of. That is super compelling. And that's an opportunity for him to be a badass. It's also an opportunity for him to be ostracized by other people because they're afraid that he's not human. You know, all that. It's just a, it's a very interesting idea. And I really am sorry that the bulk of the issue was spent with this, this sort of he said, she said interplay and complainy negative people full of a bunch of characters that aren't really very mm-hmm. compelling or interesting. Like you have, you have to have someone you can like or even just get behind or be interested in or, or care about in some capacity. And there well, just I, isn't anybody like that yet. I think the assumption too was that he had to introduce everybody in this first issue. I mean, look at The Walking yeah. Dead. When Rick arrives to the campsite uh, in the first story arc, you don't know who any of those people are. You only get to know them. They do a, a small segment where they're sitting around the campfire at one point, but you really, really get to know them throughout the rest of the series mm-hmm. if they live to be that, you know, get that far. Yeah, telling story through action, not exposition. It's just sitting there explaining everything. This is something we were talking about earlier. We were talking about Ooh, how the some walls of the older... Yeah, I was... Marcus was talking about The Walking Dead, 
and he was saying, hey, do you read The Walking Dead? If you Do you like the art there and stuff like that? And I was like, you know, I like the art. I like the original artist more than I like the current artist. Not that I don't like the current artist, but I definitely prefer the original artist. And I definitely feel like I, I, I ran out of patience for it because it feels like there's too much reliance on just walls of text and not enough actual like visual storytelling. It feels to me like it wants to be a book more than it wants to be a comic book. I have the same problem with uh, you know some of the like like older comic books. I feel like do that. I feel like they're less less skillful in their visual storytelling. Oh yeah, and that's a lot of. And the god of thunder came down and smashed his hammer on the ground twice to summon the lightning to strike the this that happened to this. And yeah, it's like a lot of the things that are described and explained in words could actually be done visually. shown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I don't know how we got on this topic. <laughs> well, no, because he's doing a lot of oh, explaining yeah, he's do, the story he's doing a lot of explaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like I'm perfectly capable and comfortable with being interested in a story and waiting to find out who these characters are in a natural, more reasonable way instead of having this sort of forced interaction where he goes and talks to each person to call them out it really it really feels like a video game it's got a very video game feel to it mm -hmm. you know what i mean it feels like something that you'd come across in like walking dead the video game where they're slowly introducing each character and they have you walk around to gather everybody for a meeting or something yeah. but even then it would make more sense because it would be not under the duress of there's people outside that might want to come in here and hurt us like if they were circling the bank down the street and they had seen him with the binoculars that could explain the slow kind of gather. Yeah, it was a sort of leisurely waltz down. Be yeah. like, hey, but if holy shit, crazy people are outside, you'd think he'd just grab them by the scruff and say, get the f in the main room because yeah. we need to talk now. Yeah. Grab them by the scruff and say, get the f in the main room now is um, would have been some of the best dialogue in the book. <laughs> um, his, oh, what was so? You have some dialogue you picked. There's, there's, you, you well, need there's, to say out loud. There's one in particular where he <laughs> accuses someone of being an asshole face. That to me, like, <laughs> is pretty great. It's just so childish. It's like it just doesn't seem like it would come out of the mouth of someone who was military. Like, it's like you poophead. You're an asshole face. You know, mm. like I don't know. I just I really really couldn't believe that would come out of this character i want their character to be badass but like even when he's describing like naomi at first he was like and then there was a badass cop i was like are what are we reading here is, is this like uh, a cheesy grindhouse kind of thing grindhouse uh comic book that where he has to yeah, i wonder if they i wonder if they took it deeper expletives. into that kind of crazy grindhouse place whether it would feel more effective you know, it, it almost feels like a grindhouse kind of movie, like a, a you know, how, how do they do the voice? <clears throat> a super soldier, a super soldier, a super, you know, a super soldier surviving in the apocalypse when the only people that get get infected are men. It's just one super soldier and lots of women. This, you know, like that's what it feels like it should be. <laughs> Beware you know? the zombie rape. <laughs> yeah, like that. It almost feels like it wants to be like a crazy grindhouse style yeah. story. Now, if he committed so to one, top. if he committed know, to one uh, direction or the <laughs> other, this would work. Honestly, at the end this of the day, feels like a first draft. Yeah, I mean, well, at the end of the day, the thing of it is, is that it's a good idea, but it's just not well realized. Yeah. And that's part of independent comics. That's just the reality of it, is that sometimes it's a good idea, a real good idea with an interesting premise and maybe even interesting characters. It's just not well realized. See, I think the idea needs to be trimmed down a little bit. Oh, I would agree. I would agree. I, I feel like there some, are some... No, it the... needs to be trimmed down or exploded. 
Like it needs to go. Oh, it needs to it go. Needs to, to yeah. commit. It go needs to commit to like crazy complete total crazy, or it needs to be trimmed down to something that's a little bit more reasonable. That's yeah. right. Because when we were reviewing Anapocalypse, we we're saying like this works as like that kind of grindhouse thing. So once you viewed it as the grindhouse type of uh, comic book, you were mm -hmm. much more comfortable with what it yeah, was. Once I was like, this is just going to be completely insane. Yeah. Okay. You know, and like then someone it makes sense. with like machine guns for arms would fit into this world, and I'd be like, okay, cool. Like if it went that way, it'd be like, all right. But it's just a sort of straddling the fence of like too goofy over the top grindhouse, but yeah. still taking itself really seriously. Like it just doesn't yeah. work. Do I do I want to have super soldier ripping apart zombies, or do I want to have a claustrophobic, visceral zombie survivor story? Yeah. Yeah, with like overtones of like how do the sexes fit together and how do they? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like 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 the interaction. Here, between... I'll draw you a picture. <laughs> the interaction between men and women in a you know in a tight space, especially when there's a disproportionate number of one in comparison to the other, like that's an op awesome opportunity for interesting storytelling. There's so. lots of cock jokes in that whole sentence. So right many there. cock jokes. Right <laughs> what there. is a gas bag prick? What is a gas bag prick? That's I... a good question. This is another one of the insults. Gas bag is traditionally someone who spouts a lot of bullshit and doesn't back it up, and a prick is a penis. <laughs> I'm glad that it? you just dictionary definition to that for What us. is a prick again? Okay, moving on. Well, I think that's enough uh, talking about the story. I, I, you know, it's un unfortunate because it does, it does feel like it was an unfortunately sort of overwhelmingly negative take, hmm. but... You know, but that, take that's, away that there's so much potential there. Yeah, there's a yeah. At the good end, yeah, concept, that's the thing. and it just needs to commit. Yeah, yeah. It, it really does feel like it's not quite sure what it wants to be, story-wise. All right, well, we'll go ahead and take a quick musical break. When we get back, we'll talk about the art of Under the Flesh. You're listening to Geek Life. Stick with us. To Geek Life. We're talking about Under the Flesh, written by G. Deltris and illustrated by J.L. Giles. One credit that J.L. Giles has, uh, as well as illustration, is lettered by. And uh, I have to say, because I'm, we're going to give you a lot of praise. We, we, I think we all like yeah, your art really, a lot. We all yeah. like, really like the art. You're, you're very really similar. To, uh, you're very similar in my mind to uh, Sean Gordon Murphy. Um, you're, you have the same kind of line quality, uh, very hard edges and very even, even line width. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of 
Yeah, it's 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 really well made. It, it's really really well illustrated. Mm -hmm. However, as someone who spends a lot of time making their own comic book and making sure that my dialogue balloons are not crowded, you sir put your periods and the edges of your T's right up to the edge of the balloon yeah. all the time, and yeah. it's such a distraction to me because it feels like I just want to just expand your balloon just a little and bit. And there was more than once where the dialogue balloon placement was a little awkward. It was a little bit kind of like, what should I be reading? I mean, like you you kind of know. What's next based on the context and, mm -hmm. and you sort of figure it out. But there was it didn't flow smoothly. I had to stop and think about what should I be reading next? Oh, probably this, which is not what you want. You want to just read it and not yeah. have to think about it. And that's what new readers to comic books always complain about. Is, what am I supposed to read? Yeah, yeah. Well, how am I supposed to read this? That's, a huge, that's them, a huge hurdle. Yeah, left to right, top to bottom. Yep. <laughs> uh, so moving moving on from that. or yeah, That being said, um, your artwork is really awesome. fantastic. Yeah, I mean, um, gorgeous. There's things in here that I, I know I want to spend more time um, getting better at that you seem like you have down. Um, space, um, you have a, a beautiful scene when with the White House on, on fire and you chose to tilt it to give that disturbing feel to the audience. Um, yeah, that means you have large groups of zombies at one time, each of them with, you know, they're sort of their own look and feel. So they're not just clones of each other, you know, their own clothing. Um, you do a lot of really great visual storytelling that doesn't get stagnant. Um, you change up the angles a lot. So, I mean, the camera angles are really strong and cinematic. I think some of the city scenes are really amazing. You know, oh, yeah. the, the, like the combination of like the really nice perspective, a, you know, good, interesting, sort of odd at times, camera angles, odd in a good way, like jarring feeling. You know, and, and the ever successful using silhouettes and like sort of simplifying building details and brickwork and really focusing more on the light and the shadow to describe the the skyline or the cityscape or something like that is really, really cool looking. And Giles just kills it. Mm. This is a really, really cool city scenes. I like the, the palette, I think, is really cool. I like the palette a lot. It's a cool palette, as in, yeah. you know, lots of blues, purples, and greens, and things like that. It really adds to that sort of subdued, dark, no power atmosphere inside the library, where it's sort of like you're in the shadows. It's very shadowy feeling without being heading in that noir direction, you know? And uh, I think that works really well. I, did you guys notice that the zombies, they all have just white eyes? Yeah. There's no mm -hmm. pupils or anything, which I think is cool because the way that they describe zombies in this book, it's a way more animalistic and much less human. You know, yeah. and did you notice that all of his anatomy is really good? Oh yeah, it's really like tight. no you're, one's you're... bending out of shape. No one's got the uh, the life field teeth or feet. <laughs> I guarantee there's a lot of photo reference happening here. Oh yeah, it looks like it's supported by photo reference in a big way. Yeah, I mean, good dynamic poses, nice frame layout. Mm -hmm. Nobody looks like they're standing at attention right. all the time docking. Speaking of the visual storytelling that Marcus uh, talked about earlier, I like the liberal use of action lines. Now, granted, I totally come from like the <laughs> Japanese comics books perspective, and I, and that's heavy, heavy action, almost probably too much action line use. But I do feel like action lines really add a sense of motion and intensity and really direct your eye as to what's going on and what's important. And really just it makes a comic book, which is a static image, feel like it's moving. I was going to say very well the, done. In the in the few frames where there are action, the motion lines really help the frame move. I mean, mm -hmm. it's you have so much dialogue happening in this first book that there's so much just kind of conversational frames. Yeah, there's sort of a lot of standing still. But even even what's cool about that is that even the conversational frames, it's not like I was complaining about with The Walking Dead. It's not all just eye-level busts talking. You know, there's scene frames with the camera, camera angles kind of up and to the side or below them or on the table that they're standing near. Like, there's a lot that Giles does to really spice up a lot of scenes that are pretty mundane, just characters talking. 
Exactly. He makes it look visually interesting still. He, I mean, he has really, really good um, frame composition. He knows how to place yeah. things. Mm -hmm. With the exception of, there's one frame I can think of where you could have uh, placed something a little bit different to have uh, maybe uh, avoided a little problem that I saw. But besides that, you have really, really good... Um, use of space in your frame there's, there's, no, yeah. there's no negative space um your action lines work perfectly yeah. when i say the one thing here the one thing there i'm getting it's, I'm, I'm getting nitpicky is what it comes down to because yeah, yeah. this is not the caliber of art that we stand that we normally see in um indie comics yeah, it's considerably higher exactly if you want to know the the nitpicky one frame that I was talking about could have been composed a little different in the frame where someone is holding up a gun in a dark room you could have put the gun in front of where a window would have been. So it would have been a silhouette and then you wouldn't have had to make what looks like a white fog around it. So sure. that it shows against the, the black background. Yeah. There's a, there's two more things that again, I, I, I have to reiterate how much I, it's super nitpicky. Yeah, we're searching the page where Lobos is talking to Paul, the, the librarian who the cowardly librarian who's doing a puzzle that page, because you know, you do action so well, it seems a little, too intense for him throwing a puzzle. He's like, "Why?" Yeah, it's like, it's like, do you remember from YouTube a while ago that Tourette's guy? Yeah, you mm -hmm. know, it's kind of like it's kind of like they're sitting there. He's like, oh, "I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing a puzzle." It's like, "Okay, well, you need to hurry up." And, and he's like, "Fuck salt!" Rah! You know, exactly. it's like out of nowhere. And that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that I got from <laughs> Paul's facial expression when he throws the puzzle pieces. He has just this like it's the look on his face is not of surprise or anger; it's disgust. And even in the next frame, it's absolute rage and i just don't yeah, it feel looks like, like he just like stabbed his puppy or yeah, something yeah it doesn't you know? look yeah it doesn't look justified by yeah. what the action actually took place and yeah. then the last thing the very last thing that i have is when he's downstairs talking to his girlfriend and, and the woman that his girlfriend is arguing with he pulls a it looks like freddie mercury's dancing <laughs> he does a little <laughs> pose that i just feel like oh the it, arms out thing yeah yeah <laughs> That that uh, <laughs> that's funny. A little dramatic. A little dramatic. I just feel like it wouldn't have it wouldn't have happened that way. Um, not to say that I know the story material better than you guys, but it just uh, that doesn't seem like a natural pose for someone to make in that type of situation. In that situation right? mm -hmm. It looks like two poses he's trying to put together. Now, how do you guys feel about um, the pervasive use of textures? Lots, I was fine with it. Lots and actually, of textures in this. Uh, JP and I talk a lot about tones. And one of the things that JDP has been playing with a little bit in, in my comic Malaman lately, we played with some of the cottage cheese type texture thing. Did you see that in the background here? Yeah. And I think here it's more trying to mimic a canvas kind of look to me. Um, and I feel like it was really successful. Yeah, I like it. I was I like, think oh, that's it's, good. It's worth mentioning that, A, it's used a lot. And if you like that kind of thing, it looks really good, which I do. And I did. But I can definitely see that, you know, some people might be like, oh, man, they're just using texture everywhere. You know, like that's because basically whenever there's a really, really light sort of area of the of the image or really, really, really dark area of the image, it, it tends to kind of come in there a little bit to add a little bit of depth and texture and just make something that would other be one solid piece, just a little more textured and interesting. And and I think it's very successful, but I can imagine some people not really liking that. But that's not me. I actually liked it a lot. I thought that the textures were really successful and looked really good. I had no problem with the textures whatsoever. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Yeah, me, it, it, all, it all made sense. Like I said, very Sean Gordon Murphy-esque. If you well, like his work, and I love his work, yeah. then this this is right in that vein. I think one of the, the final things that I'd like to say about the art, praising of the art, is the very good use of shadows. And I already talked a little bit about the difference, you know, the, the use of shadow when he was describing the, you know, the buildings and everything and all that. But 
even the characters, you know, uh, Lobos, his genes, you know, the front part of his genes is almost always in shadow. And it's just a really, really good use of that there. You know, the, the, you know, faces a lot of the time spend in time in shadow, you know, the biker guys and their jackets and stuff, you know, it's just like the, his use of just inky blacks to describe detail is so successful and looks just really good. Yeah. We really like the art. There's not, not a whole lot oh, more yeah. to say about it. It's just really, you know, mostly, mostly excellent. You know, and and way a cut above what we tend to see in the independent comic world. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. Any final thoughts about Under the Flesh, you guys? No, I mean, I guess what yeah. it comes down to is it has potential. The artwork, I feel like, is 99% there. Mm-hmm. The writing has a little ways to go, but you have a premise that can be very effective. In that, a lot of different directions. Yeah. 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 That, you it's know, a very really, flexible and interesting premise, for sure. It just got you. Just got to tighten it up, and you got to make it work. Yeah, definitely, definitely. The the art is really excellent, and the writing writing needs some work. It does, it does. But it's a good idea. Okay, well, you can go and read under the flesh at undertheflesh.com. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at Escape Comics, on Facebook.com forward slash under the flesh dot comic, which is not dot but like period. So under the flesh dot comic. You can go ahead and like them there and. On Patreon, if you'd like to help them support their project, you can go to patreon.com forward slash gdeltres. That's spelled G-D-E-L-T-R-E-S. Well, thanks again, Giles, for sending us this book. I really uh, enjoyed looking through it, and the art was really phenomenal, man. Uh, you know, really would love to see more of your work, and it's just very cool. So thanks again for sharing your guys' stuff, and thank you for listening to Geek Life. We always love to hear from our listeners. Please email us at geeklife at pandamanga.com with your questions, comments, and insights. Anyone interested in becoming a PM contributor, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. Music's been provided by AirPlus Recordings. As always, links to the artists and songs featured in this episode are available in the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com. This is Joe, and we will see you next time.
be, beware you know? the zombie rape. I think that Penis. that's enough. I think that's enough. That's enough of the uh, for talking about. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I was just allergic. <coughs> allergic to the penis. penis.